0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award winning podcast Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Sorori. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for listening to over 60 great episodes talking with so many great people. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. You can find it on not only Apple Podcasts, but also Google Podcasts and TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, um, iHeartRadio, and just recently, Amazon, you can tell your Echo Dot to play the Excelsior Journeys podcast, and it will start playing the most recent episode, uh, which if you're listening right now, it would be this week. Um, And any likes, any sharing, any subscribing, any sort of comments you have, all of it, all of it means the world to me. And it also not only increases visibility for the show, but it also increases visibility for the guests themselves. Um, the more that I can the more that I can help them reach a bigger audience, the better. And that is where all of you come in. And a lot of you who have been listening to the show know that uh, there's the majority of my guests are indie authors. And that is very much me kind of swimming in my own pond uh, because, I am also an indie author. I would actually consider myself a hybrid author because I have a publisher for the Excelsior Books, and I self-published from Parts Unknown. So I, I'm in that comfortable hybrid area. And there are so many other, uh, so many other authors that I've known and really gotten to, gotten real, gotten to like over the years, that I really admire for the degree that they have kind of they have taken control over their own careers, and with that, I mean that what they are doing is they are choosing to write the stories that they want to write. They are choosing to follow their passion, their get on their own Excelsior journey to see where these stories take them. And it's not just following trends or talking about and you're know, like, oh, you you just you wrote you hit big with this horror book. You should stick with horror. Um, a great example of the kind of author that really just follows their follows their desires and follows their own passion to see where things go. That is a perfect representation for my guest this week. Uh, Jason Nugent has been has been writing for about eight to ten years and he has not only been writing in horror, but he's also gone in the, in the realms of sci-fi and fantasy and he's found success in all of those areas and even just last September reached, the USA Today bestseller list. And so this is going to be a really great episode because we get to see where someone goes with their own journey, with their, by deciding on what they want to write at that moment, following it through and revealing it to a waiting audience. And so it is a real thrill for me to have on as our guest this week, Jason Nugent. Jason, how are you, sir?
1: Doing good. Thank you so much for that intro. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I, I appreciate you being here. And um, it's really something seeing, uh, you know, getting to know all of these, all these great indie authors and seeing their success and um, you know, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a little bit of envy on, on my end just because uh, but, you know, seeing the sort of productivity that, you know, that you've been, that you've been churning out and watching as uh, cause we've been at several, Several different conventions together, yeah. Um, and it's been great just seeing how you started off with just like a few titles, and then all of a sudden another trilogy, and then <laughs> uh, then and then a series of then some novellas, and then some other stuff. And it was just great, like watching that grow. And then all of a sudden, last year, bam, USA Today best-selling author. Like that's that's really cool to see. And there's no sign of stopping at all. Like there's, you know, you're just going to keep on going. And not even COVID could keep you down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it tried. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so you had, just, you had just gotten over COVID, right? Like, was it just a couple of weeks ago that you tested positive?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, back on uh, the 6th of November, I was feeling terrible, you know. And uh, I told my wife, I was like, I, yeah, I think I need to get checked out. I was like, I, this, this I, just, I just knew it, you know. So the next yeah. day, um, we go and, and get tested. And, uh, and that was on a Saturday, I, on Monday, I got the call like, yeah, you've got, you've got COVID, you're testing uh, positive. Oh, Um man. and um, I, you know, I didn't need to know uh, that I was tested positive to feel bad, it was awful, it was so bad, it was, you know, uh, some people describe it kind of like a flu, and maybe it has some of that, but I pretty much had every symptom you can imagine that is really? with this, and, and you know, I was pretty healthy guy. I was doing CrossFit like five days a week. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I, I wasn't um, in bad shape and it just, it hit me and it hit me hard. Um, My wife and son both got it, uh, but nowhere near as bad as what I had. And Oh, good, good. Yeah. And, and which I'm thankful for because my wife really kind of helped, help keep me going. There was a couple days, man. I really thought, um, yeah, there were a couple days, a little dicey. I wasn't sure how I was getting through those Oh um, yeah, yeah. And finally after almost 2 weeks of straight of fever every day, it finally oh. broke um this gosh, about 5 days ago, 5 or 6 days ago. Mm-hmm. And um I had a it was tough to breathe. Still is a little bit. Um, yeah. but each day it's been a little bit better. But uh yeah, it was it was a rough go of it, man, but um I'm I'm cleared. They uh, I'm released from quarantine and uh, I get to Get back to work starting monday
0: excellent excellent and uh so so hopefully this this episode won't be too taxing and everything on your lungs so no, you know, no, well,
1: i think yeah I, I appreciate that i've like i said it's um each day has been better you know and so it's it's uh it's been nice i'll tell you yeah that. yeah absolutely
0: um has it been has it been kind of uh, invigorating to you like writing wise and we thought like you know, just getting some different ideas and really just kind of wanting to jump back in just so that you don't waste any, feel like you don't, you're not wasting any time?
1: Well, I would like to say yes, but there were I, a couple of days, like it was all I could do is just to keep my, um, my wits about me. You know, like I, writing was a last thing on my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything. It wasn't yeah. until um, a couple of days ago that I was actually able to return back to some of my work. Um, and and dive into it pretty hardcore which was it felt great to do that to get back into it but um, you know there were several days over really over a week that it was like there was nothing on my mind except yeah sleeping and I mean I could barely eat Um, Mm. it was just so exhausted and the the fever and when can I take some pills next you know to to help bring this fever down and right um, but yeah I find because I I had intended on doing NaNoWriMo this month and I started it, um, mm-hmm. but that just kind of crushed it right there. I'm, I'm gonna get back into that because that's my project anyway. Right. Um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it kind of put a damper on that this month.
0: And speaking of National Novel Writing Month, since that's what we're celebrating all month, uh, this here on Excelsior Journeys by having all different, different uh, authors come on and talk about their journeys. You've done NanoRIMO several times. You said, right? It was like,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've. <clears throat> that's what really got me started into to writing was NanoRIMO. Um, you know, I failed the first two years. I think it was because I didn't have a plan. Yeah. And then finally, um, I did a little bit of planning, a little bit of research, and a little bit of um, outlining, and then I knocked out my first win. And it was super exciting to nice realize that i can do it you know that i can i can Mm -hmm. write a novel and then i went on a tear of about three or four years in a row of winning that's um, great nano and i published most of them um Mm -hmm. one of the books it was the third one i wrote um and i think and and this is a a great story which one that almost made me stop writing honestly um Mm. But I was really excited about this story. It's kind of this post-apocalyptic tale, right? Yeah. And um, I had hired an uh, editor and mm-hmm. she had sent it back to me and had a was really, really, really critical about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get it. Um, and this was like two days before uh, the All Right Now conference down in Cape. Oh, yeah. Um, not It was, wasn't was the first year. I think it was like the second year I went. The I met you the first year and I think it was... Um, 20.
0: So yeah, I, I, no, I think we met 2015.
1: That, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay.
0: Yeah, that was yeah that was when, that was when we met 2015. Yeah.
1: And at this particular um, conference, they were doing that blind. Um, you could submit the first three pages of of manuscript. You mm-hmm. know, blind, no nothing on it, and they were doing a live pitch session. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm already kind of feeling bad about this manuscript, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like the, I got this from my editor the day before the all right now. Um, mm-hmm. so I go there and I'm bringing copies of this same manuscript with me. Cause I'm like, yeah. you know, what's the chances there's well, what over a hundred of us there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I submit it. And so we're in that big cafeteria and they do two, two uh, pitches, you mm-hmm. know, in that, in that panel that was up in the front there, uh, you know, they were supposed to raise their hand and they got to the point in the manuscript where they were going to pass on it. Yeah. So the first one, it was really good. Uh, Second one, they finally passed on it. Then they get to a third one. I'm sitting there drinking my Diet Coke, not paying, you know, just playing it cool. And then I hear the name of the manuscript and I was like, oh, my God, that's mine. And it's the one I was already feeling bad about. Yeah. Um, And they start reading it out loud. Fortunately, nobody knows it was me. Um, Right. They get to the second page and all of a sudden hands just start flying up, you know, all all across the board. And I'm like, just taking a sip of my Diet Coke. You know, wow, this 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 one's awful, you know. Yeah. Just just sitting there. And uh then they explained why they were passing on it and they just uh, absolutely crushed it. Um and that was uh again that was my like third nano win I think it was and I was really proud of it. Yeah. And uh they just crushed it, you know. So we I leave. I'm driving from Cape back to home and it's about a 40, 45 minute drive. And mm-hmm. that whole way back, I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Am I writing? Should I be writing? Mm-hmm. Should I, should I just give this up? Like, what's, the, you know, what's the point if everybody hates it, you know? And yeah, um, it, I, I, it took a while for me to, to kind of get back into it, but it was, it was crushing, but it was a, um, an amazing learning experience, you know, cause yeah, t- To for me to know why am I writing, why am I doing this, who, you know, who's this for? um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, just to know my why and it it took me a little bit to figure that out after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing that, like, uh, know your why, Yeah. Um, you know, why you want to, why you want to go on, on the path that you're on. And that's so important because once you get that, once you have that reason you can put that right in front of you, if you can illustrate it in any sort of way, then that's just going to keep you going. That's going to be the carrot that's dangling in front of you on that fishing line. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you're just going to keep on chasing it. So, yeah. um, so you, uh, what's the latest one that the you have? Do you have uh, one that's coming out or one that just recently came out?
1: Well, um, so this year has been kind of, uh, unusual for me as it is for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was furloughed from my job back in March. Ugh. Um, Which and I'd been there almost twenty years, and uh, it was good and bad. Um, It was good because I ended up with a ton of time, um, and you know I I wasn't losing out money, Um, so I treated my days like a day job, and I wrote, and I ended up writing like four books this year. That's Um, fabulous. Yeah. Wow. Um, In different genres. Oh Um, man. (laughs) The the thing is, I I've only released like one of them, so I've got a bunch that's going to start coming out, but. Um, so, um, what that means is I have a horror novel that's actually with a small press at the moment. Nice. Um, I'm hoping that they pick it up. If not, I'm ready to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a co-written novel that's more of a science fantasy novel yeah. and we were supposed to have had that out already. Uh, but my co-author, uh, I don't know, um, you know, RJ Botler, uh, Ryan Botler, does that sound Um, It does
0: sound familiar.
1: Yeah. He's a fantasy author. He lives down in Texas. And so um, I've known him for several years and we decided we were going to write this trilogy together. And basically it's like nights in space. Cool. Um, Yeah. So we, that was one of the drafts I did this year. Um, Mm -hmm. and Coincidentally, uh, I wrote a short story that ties in with it. And um, Craig Martell, you know, Mm -hmm. from 20 books, he put together um, this anthology called the expanding universe six. Um, and I submitted my short story tied into the series to him. Yeah. He loved it. And it's part of that anthology and he published it. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, the,
0: the expanding universe. Is that that's what yeah, it's called? Yeah.
1: The, it's expanding universe uh, volume six.
0: And the, the, it's uh, like a collection of stories that are part of other, other yes.
1: series. Yeah. So it's an anthology of 20 uh, short stories from various uh, sci-fi authors nice um yeah and so you had to submit you had to submit like 500 uh, words to get for like the first round of it yeah um and if he liked it then you moved on that's all i had was 500 words i didn't know where the story was going i had no idea i was just like I'm going to give it a shot. I sent it to him. He was like, I liked it. You're in, you're on to the next round. I was like, nice. uh, I'm what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I had to figure out what I was going to do with the story. Um, you know, and so I, I, I wrote this, uh, this short story. I think it was uh, seven or 8,000 words. Um, mm-hmm. Got some great feedback from some other authors. Um, uh, tinkered with it, sent it over to Craig. Uh, he sent it to his beta readers and it was really up to them yeah um, he liked the story a lot, and they had some minor feedback, and I made some changes and that was it, man like uh, I was in the anthology. it was pretty sweet, and so it's tied into this new series that Ryan and I are doing. Awesome. Um, and Great. This, it's kind of like a prequel short story to it, which is awesome. so if you get to read this, you're mm-hmm. uh, you know you're familiar with our world, you know, familiar yeah. with what we're doing so. Um, oh, very cool yeah so we're hoping to get our first book out and it's called uh, Night of Avalonia mm-hmm. uh, we're hoping that we're going to have that one out in uh, January excellent I'm working on uh, just today actually I sent to my beta readers a uh, lit RPG novel uh, for a new series I'm working on wow. um, and it's kind of a fantasy um, role-playing game set on a, a spaceship traveling through through space um nice yeah Nice. <laughs> so that one um i'm planning as a five book series and so i finally got to the point where i could send that to my uh, team and uh that book is called sword of the moon king mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and then i'm my nano book was going to be my fourth and final in my current fantasy series yeah uh, and that one is going to be called of blood and bone nice um, And it, it'll, like i said it's book four Mm um gosh so i think that's that's kind of where i'm at right now uh so january february could be um back-to-back releases with one or the other you know either sword of the moon king and night of avalonia or you know one of them first and the other one second but that's probably what's coming up next uh in the next few months
0: very cool man that's that sounds great so with with all this going on Let's take a a quick trip back to the beginning of it all, back to the time that I like to call the lightning bolt moment, because there's always that moment where everyone has it in their lives that that are that are chasing that are chasing their passion. You know, there's a moment where they suddenly realize that that is the direction I want to go in. That is the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of world I want a part of. What was that for you? What was your lightning bolt moment when it comes to writing?
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing some short stories, you know, flash fiction and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was post I was doing a blog at the time. And um, as a way to force myself to write, I committed yeah. to doing a flash fiction story every month on the 15th. And I would post mm-hmm. it for free on my blog, Sweet, uh, which was good. You know, it was cool. I got to meet some readers that way and people got to uh, get engaged in my work. And it didn't cost them anything other than reading it, which was, you know, just a great way to, to get the name out. Yeah. Um and you know that's coincidentally that's why I released my first collection of short stories because I wanted to try out this whole self-publishing thing. And I had all these stories built up and I didn't want to spend any money, so I went at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um but this is, you know that was really kind of got me started. But honestly, the thing that really pushed me over the edge to be like, hey, I can do this writing thing and I can be known as a writer. When yeah. people know my name, you know, they'll know me as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. What did it for me was actually winning NaNoWriMo. Nice. Um, yeah. That honestly, that when I did it that first year and I was like, I can do this. Like, I wrote a novel. I can do this. You know, I'd already had these other short stories, but that's really what did it for me.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, having, so what were the, uh, those, uh, those blog posts? What were, what were the, what kind of style were you doing? What kind of genre were you uh, first tinkering in?
1: Yeah, well, so that was it. Was great practice for me because I could try all the the things I like. So, it was a little bit of it, it's what I write now. is a little bit of horror, a little bit of sci fi, a little bit of fantasy, uh-huh. um, and it all kind of has like a Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone vibe to them because that's just kind of naturally what I gravitate toward. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, it just depended. You know, I would uh, look for uh, really cool images online, and I would use that as an inspiration for stories and just kind of go from there
0: very cool very cool so um so when you had uh so when you were ready to dive into Nanorimo, even like the first time around when you were uh trying to trying to do it but then you said the first couple of times you weren't success you didn't reach that 50,000 right mark what what genre did you decide you were going to jump into first
1: um <clears throat> so I started with fantasy um mm-hmm. and 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 it's not because I re, or read a ton of fantasy and that was like my thing. But, you know, I went to school uh, for history uh, and my I have a, a master's degree in early medieval history. You know, the really? art, yeah, very cool. <laughs> so the, you know, the Arthurian romances that the, yeah. the Dark Ages, if you will, that mm-hmm. was always intriguing to me, even on like a literary level, you know. Oh, um, yeah. And so. I, you know, I read a lot of that kind of stuff and I was always loved the whole good versus evil concept, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, and you have this was like, journey kind of thing. Yeah. I oh, loved it, man. And, yeah. and, you know, with, with, um, Arthur and him representing this ideal of, you know, what it is to be this chivalric knight and all of this, it's all mm-hmm. of that. I, I've been wanting to do fantasy for quite a while, be, mostly because of my, um, my background historically, you know? Yeah. And you know I did read fantasy, but it was uh, it, it it was born more out of my historical side than anything else and reading a lot of that kind of um, medieval and Renaissance literature
0: yeah very cool <clears throat> yeah. very cool and so uh, so you start working in that realm and then um, what prompted you to try out you know like horror and science fiction
1: yeah so um Going to horror—that is probably uh, my most natural fit, yeah uh, uh, writing-wise. I, growing up, I read a lot of horror, watched mm-hmm. a lot of terrible '80s horror. Oh,
0: um, you gotta
1: love it though. <laughs> I, I I do, man. It is, that's yeah. my jam. It's totally <laughs> my jam. <laughs> um, but that that is probably naturally what just I gravitate toward, yeah. um, and so um uh, and and i was thinking about this gosh probably for the last year like why do i write certain things why do i write what i write you know because mm-hmm. i'm not steeped in um fantasy or sci-fi lore you know i mean right. i know enough i've read um a bunch of things but i don't feel like i'm completely steeped in it um, yeah. but i think the one thing that that um goes through all of my books especially sci-fi and fantasy is Mm -hmm. not necessarily that it's sci-fi or fantasy but the action adventure side of it and these are the the worlds i get to play in with it you know yeah um and so i think that's um that's what calls me more than anything is having this action side to things is most everything i write that's non-horror has a big element of action and fantasy too it's not going to be this great um literary tome but it's going to right. be something that you're going to be able to grab onto oh, and I see you know you've lost your afternoon because you've been reading it all day cuz you're just sucked into that fast-paced story.
0: And that's that's so that's so needed, you know, these days, like especially there are so many people that are that basically have their attention spans just handicapped by social media and like the whole world around them. Um, So getting getting a book like that one that they can really kind of grab onto and not be bored by just to start just dive in and just keep on turning those pages or flipping from, you know, one, you know, to the next uh, page on the screen. However, people read it as long as they read it. Uh, And that's that's great. That's a that's a great uh, quality to have with your writing, uh, especially these days.
1: And with with the horror side of things, that's actually quite a bit different for me when I'm writing that. I mean, there's there's action, but it's not like stuff, um, not like my other stuff. It actually will have a little bit more of a literary bent to it, mm-hmm. um, and that's on purpose. You know, I I try to um, present my horror in a certain way. And yeah. I, it's, it's so it's definitely a different feel when you read that, because and I write that under a different name completely anyway, mm-hmm. um, so that it, it just has a different feel to it than everything else that's under my name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what was um, what was uh, what was the idea that you had that was going to result in that first completed novel? Which one were you really set on carrying through to the very end of it all?
1: um that I actually did win nano yeah like or... yeah you know, n- not only winning nano but
0: then taking it those na- um those extra steps to get it edited and get a yeah. beta beta te- uh beta reader team together and get something where you knew that you were going to carry it through and see about you know making an actual run at it
1: okay yeah sure um <laughs> so gosh um so the first novel i actually released it was a nano novel it was called the selection um and it was a kind of a fast-paced um young adult sci-fi novel
0: Um, i
1: I wrote it at the time my son was 14 and i wanted a a story that he could um it would appeal to him you know so i wrote it and and i got that uh, proof copy back you know the the paperback Mm -hmm. Um, and i gave it to him and i was like hey look man this is i wrote this for you and and he, instead of playing video games for two nights, he read the book.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. Um, that's great. <laughs> but that whole process, you know, starting from Nano um, mm-hmm. and, and winning it and being, you know, getting over that 50, uh, 50K mark with, with the words. Mm-hmm. Um, then I took that book. Um, I found, um, I, my, my process is I'll, I'll write that first draft, set it for like a week come back mm-hmm. to it, do some revisions through it. I tend to write fairly clean first drafts. Um, and then I, uh, I, I for that book, I think I had about three or four readers, people that agreed to read it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they read it, gave me feedback. I made some changes. And at that point, I had discovered um, an editor. She lives in Ohio. And mm-hmm. uh, this is different than the one that Pretty much made me cry. (laughs) Um, She's, she's completely different and she was a recommendation from another author friend of mine. And, um, we, we hit it off great. And she's the only person that's worked on my book since. And we, we talk regularly. She's amazing. She's so good with, um, just cleaning up my, my words. And so she, um, she edited the book for me. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a couple passes and, um, got a cover created. I had a friend do the cover and actually right now it's on, it's like fourth version of a cover, but um, nice. I had a friend who was an artist, not a cover artist, but an artist. And he did the, the cover for me. I was happy with it, but you know, I wasn't paying attention to the marketing side of things. I wasn't paying attention to it being on point uh, genre wise and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know um, you live and learn, mm-hmm. but oh, so yeah. I, uh, yeah. you're,
0: you're, ta- you're talking to somebody who has three different editions of Excelsior, you know, like yeah. so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three different versions of Excelsior, and I got you know, like three different versions, uh, two different versions of from parts unknown, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, t- I definitely get
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we uh, I, I released that in it was like May, I think, of um, it was a year and a half after I wrote it, mm-hmm. um, at, at of Nano, and then I released it. And, you know I had some really, really positive feedback on it, and I was really surprised and 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 um, excited, you know that people were reading this book and they really liked it. And nice. so um, when I wrote it at the time, I was like, I'm gonna write some one book. Mm-hmm. I, I always tend to leave it open at the end you know, for a series. And so I turned it into a trilogy. yeah, um, and then books two and three really kind of go in depth into this world. and and those that have read all three books have absolutely loved it. And I've gotten yeah. yelled at by people because of what's happened. To the <laughs> and, yep, and, I, yep. and I love that I love, because they've invested in these creatures and people and situations that I completely created, you know, that yeah. didn't exist before I put them out there.
0: It is, and, it is such a cool feeling to get that. So validating.
1: Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and, and even when they're yelling at you, like, you know, you better fix this, and I'm like, "Right, this is awesome." <laughs> you know, I love this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when, so when that one, when you have that one all set to come out, how did you launch it? Did you just put it up on, on Amazon? Did you have a? Did you set it up as a paperback? Did you um, set up a signing for it, or or any sort of any sort of uh, physical, um, physical launch? You know, kind of uh, kind of setups.
1: Sure. So um, I didn't do a physical launch, but I did do a pre-order on Amazon um, and mm-hmm. I did create a paperback copy of it because I I'd learned how to do that from previous experience, from previous um, uh, books, the, the short story collections I released. So I was like, right. I'm going to give this a shot. And I knew by having physical copies, I could go to like Comic-Cons or other conventions mm-hmm. where I can try to meet new readers. Yeah. Um, and so... I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going I'm to give it a shot. And so I, I did. And it was really cool, you know, to to get that book out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of uh, reached out to some of my author friends to see if they helped share the book when it launched and everything. And I was, was pretty excited about it. You know, it didn't move a ton of copies, but it was mm-hmm. cool to see out there and cool to see it received well. And then, you know, I was able to do some conventions. I did um, PenCon that year. Nice. You know, I did um, the Wizard World in St. Louis. I did. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I've done that one several times, and actually, the last time I was able to go uh, last year mm-hmm. um, was by far the best uh, convention I'd ever gone to. And I mean, I sold a ton of books. Really? Um, yeah, I had people, you know, because I'll have my whole, I'll have all of my stuff there, and mm-hmm. I've had p- people come up there, and you know, they're looking at some of the books. And next, you know, this guy was like slamming down one copy of everything i had and i was like wow, wow all right nice
0: yeah nice that's a great yeah. feeling that is so
1: cool <laughs> so yeah it was it was it's pretty good i i share a table with another author the one that introduced me to my editor we um because he writes more of um mystery and and um we don't and thrillers and so mm-hmm. we complement each other we don't really take we each, other's each readers. other readers yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we'll get a, a corner table and I'll take one side, he takes the other. And, and it goes nice. really, really well. We save money and we meet a lot of readers. But.
0: Fabulous. That's a, that's a great way to do it. How did you get involved with Wizard World? Because like when, when I've seen that, it's pretty difficult to break in because it's so in so much demand.
1: Yeah. Um, so my vet um, author, who, uh, his name is Ray Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, he and I have a co-written trilogy. It's a portal fantasy trilogy out there. Nice. Um, So and it kind of takes place between uh, a medieval fantasy world and modern day Chicago. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's he had gone to a bunch of these, uh, you know, wizard worlds. And so he we had met at a really terrible convention in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, He's from Columbus, Ohio, and and we met at this convention and he reached out to me one year and I was like, hey, I'm going to be in St. Louis for the wizard world. He's like, you know, we got along pretty well. He's like, would you mind, you want to share a table and, you know, give it a shot? Uh-oh. So um, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we've, we've done St. Louis about three years now. And we did Chicago last year together. Awesome. Um, and we were going to do both of them again this year. That's all, of course, got pushed yeah. back to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it was through Ray. Um, you know, he'd, he'd been doing them a bunch himself and. So we've been kind of looking at them to share tables together, and uh it we, we've been able to do that uh several times and it's been pretty cool
0: very cool that's that's so that's so great that's so great that you're able to do that and then that's a great way to really kind of get your foot in the door because you can already say that hey i've I've been to Wiz-, you know like I've already done Wizard world once, so that would hopefully make it a little bit easier to you know be able to get in there a couple more times, which you did like that's. Right.
1: Right, that's terrific. Yeah, um, and even um, last year, um, I got to run a panel uh, about. Yeah. It was just about self-publishing. I think it was. I had you know small audience. And on mm-hmm. the way back to my table, almost walked into Sean Aston, which <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to someone else, and she was like, "Oh." Look, and like we turn and there he is like literally a foot away I like almost ran right into him I'm like, I'm sorry. oh wow <laughs> was he nice at least i hope <laughs> oh super nice guy yeah
0: oh great yeah. that's that's good to hear that's yeah. really good to hear <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it's all it's always disheartening whenever you you know like you you know uh whenever there's someone that you would admire or have known and everything and they just you know don't meet expectations you know oh but, yeah uh yeah. i mean everyone's human you know but uh but at the same time it's just like you just you know you just know that uh you you want to you want that person to just be you know just show show some niceness yeah <laughs> you know for sure you know what i mean for sure yeah and that's that's really I mean, at the at the end of the day like we're all we're all walking on the same on the same earth so yep. let's you know, yep. but uh but yeah enough kumbaya but <laughs> <let's>, uh, <laughs> uh to um so uh, so, so you have that first book, you said, um, and things are—you're starting to realize that you know that this could become something, right? Like a tri- like a trilogy, since you said you had left it open.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of had an idea what I wanted to do with the story, um, mm-hmm. and so I I just started going from there, and I I wanted a, I wanted it to be my first complete series. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that I like to go, you know, from book to book. So I don't like yeah. to stay in a long series. So I was mm-hmm. like, a trilogy sounds good to me. Um, yeah. Let's give this yeah. a shot, you know, and um, it, I think it turned out really, really good. You know, I, I, um, i I'm really proud of that. It's my, again, my first series and mm-hmm. my first um, uh, opportunity to kind of work through the problems of a series, you know, versus mm-hmm. a standalone and, yeah. and a great way for readers to kind of keep coming along and, who have discovered me that way and to continue on and be able to finish out this series. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And uh, so since you have like, you know, all these other books that are, that are going, and you said you didn't want to, you like to go from book to book, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, stay on, on the same series for too long. Uh, do you have ideas to kind of like start up different trilogies
1: as you're still working on that? that first one? Oh yeah 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 it's yeah that never stops like it's yeah, I'm always trying to um, have a couple things going at once and ideally I like to have like one horror piece going and yeah. another non-horror at the same time so that I can take a break from one and go to the other and it's not too much of an overlap that's um, smart that's a great yeah. way to do it <laughs> you know, so I I've been pretty successful at that, you know, I, when I, when I can have a couple projects run at the same time. When I get when I have like one project going at a time, um I can I can focus on it, but I can also get burnt out on it, you know, and I think my writing will suffer when I when I get into that kind of mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I am right now with uh, Greater Glory, part the part 3 of uh the Excelsior trilogy that I'm working on because I, I just feel like it's. I feel like I've been just kind of working on so mit, on these stories for so long, and just basically kind of like, especially in terms of, of the first Excelsior book and From Parts Unknown, just redoing stories over and over again. And mm-hmm. this one is, I only had like a handful of wouldn't this be cool moments when yeah. I started this one, so it's been just it's been a totally different kind of feeling than what I'm used to. So I think that's what's really kind of throwing me off.
1: Yep, um, yeah.
0: So what, uh, would you say that you, you consider yourself, um, a, this is a good, you know, like NaNoWriMo question here. Uh, would you consider yourself a plotter or a pantser or a hybrid?
1: Uh, well, I'm definitely hybrid now. I started as straight up pantser uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I failed. Um, yeah. And then the the year I finally won it, I had the, the loosest outline you can imagine, but it was at least some kind of guardrails for me, so I knew where I was going to go. Yeah, I, um, it deviated, of course, but at, right. at least having that little bit of direction ahead of time helped quite a bit. And so, since then, I, I experiment with each project. I kind of experiment how much of a um, outline I want to do, and mm-hmm. I experiment with different kinds of outlines. Like I've uh, one of the the um horror ones i wrote this year i kind of used the save the cat method oh nice um, yeah because nice. i I, like, I read the book and i was like well let me give this a shot you know i want to see what this yeah. is like and um the uh, that short story i wrote that sold to craig martell that was definitely more of a hero's journey on that yeah. one you know and mm-hmm. like i i i wanted to try different ways of plotting and um putting that together. Now, uh, with the uh, lit RPG one I just finished, Mm -hmm. I did start off with a full outline and I was, I I changed it as I went along, but I kind of really kept a lot of details on it. So I could keep that outline going and that helped a lot because when I'd go to write I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm writing today. And I'd get to it and have fun with it. But there's other times where that feels kind of stifling to me. So I guess it just depends on the project. Mm,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you mean there. Um, So as as things are go- as things are going you're finding yourself like uh gaining a little bit more momentum correct and like as you're as you're deciding to not only try like the young adult sci-fi but then all of a sudden to get into more fantasy more yeah. horror more regular yeah. sci-fi um how many titles do you say, would you say that you have out right now
1: oh um all right let me see here so i've got 3 six, seven, nine. Maybe between the two names, maybe about 15 or 16. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: And uh, so you say, uh, t- you know, two different names. So you have mm-hmm. a pen name for a different, uh, for a different
1: genre? Yeah. So for horror, um, I write that under the name J Bauer, just J-A-Y Bauer. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Um, and so um, one of my, now the, actually the, so my, my whole Jay Bauer name is Mm -hmm. kind of funny so yeah my mom calls me jay my stepdad's last name is bauer and so it's kind of a nod to them my mom was a huge uh, horror fan she still is you know and that's what got me started so i I did that as a nod to them Mm -hmm. Um, and so the first book i released under that name um the only reason i really and it was a nano book um it was the second book i ever wrote the second novel Mm -hmm. Um, and the only reason i released it only reason was because Mm -hmm. i wanted to have a back catalog for jay because the second book i was releasing i was really excited about and really proud of and i thought this was it right yeah so i released the first book it was like in july of i don't remember what year it was a couple years ago yeah um and as i do every month you know i submit books to um book bub you know yeah for mm-hmm. Featured deals, and you know, as, as you know, you get shoot, shot down all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this book, Amazon exclusive, mm-hmm. um, only five reviews. I submitted it, and I was like, why not? Yeah, um, they accepted it. Whoa, yeah, and I was like, Whoa. What? 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 What's <laughs> happening here? Yeah, and so, it, um, it, it, I did it as a 99 cent uh, featured deal. Yep, um, I just about fell out of my chair and couldn't pay that bill fast enough when I got the acceptance.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so, <laughs> um, the day came, the book uh, went on sale, and it's it sold a ton of copies of it, and nice. the page reads were ridiculous. You know, really, and I, yeah. And all I keep thinking was, this isn't the book I want people to read. I was like, this is, <laughs> this was just for to have a back catalog for my my pen name right yeah and it just sold and sold and and can it can uh, continues to sell more than all of my other books combined this one has sells the most
0: nice and um, that was and that would then you would spend like the least amount of time on that right like you weren't really kind of,
1: pretty much i mean yeah. i you know i had some readers on it i had you know edited the book um i got a great cover on it and mm-hmm. Uh, and actually book, the second book, the one I was really excited about, that one got picked up on a featured deal for later mm-hmm. that year as well from BookBub. Uh, nice. So I had two of them within about six months. Uh, wow. Both are my horror name. And mm-hmm. those are my two top selling books of all, uh, almost my two top selling books. The, the USA Today one's a little different, but um, right. so those two outsold everything else. And they're standalone horror novels. Nice. And both nice. of them were uh, nano books too.
0: Right. And are they, even though they're standalone, do, do they share the same universe or are they just like completely, completely their own entity?
1: Um, they do share the same little town. So I uh, oh, four books under uh, the name Jay Bauer. Three of mm-hmm. them are set in the same fictional town of Brownsville, Illinois. Nice. Um, and so they, um, they kind of do share a little bit. And there is a cameo in, in book, in two of the books from that first book, um, yeah. you know, from one of the characters there.
0: So, so you're basically creating your own Castle Rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, any thoughts about taking? Since you said three of the four of them are in the same town, are you uh-huh. ever thought about bringing that fourth one in as just like, like oh. have your characters do a road trip or something and find their way into that location?
1: Well, no, nah, that fourth one. Um, so that the fourth one that's released. It's set in Cleveland, Ohio, and there's just absolutely no connection to the other three. However, the one that I finished writing this year Mm -hmm. is in the same fictional town. Nice. Um, So there will be a fourth one at some point, whether it's released by a press or I release it myself, but there will be a fourth one in the same small town. Wow. Nice.
0: It's It almost kind of reminds me of, and I really hope that this story is true, because it's fantastic. Um, I remember hearing about Matt, uh, Matt Groening sitting in James L. Brooks's waiting room to go in and, and pitch the uh, the Life in Hell comics that he was doing <laughs> and make that a series. And he felt very um, tense about potentially giving up the rights to that. So he just kind of threw together while he was sitting there, just like this other family that became the Simpsons. So it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. I would love it if it is. right? <laughs> but because that just sounds like very much like one of those things where you just kind of throw something together and just thinking that, you know, like, oh, this is just going to fill a hole. And it winds up being the big thing that you've been, that, that everyone has been waiting for. Basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's so wild just to, to, to get the, uh, to talk to readers and hear the response they've had from reading the book. Cause again, you know, I was like, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that scary. Yeah. But I think I also found my niche in horror with nice. that book that I didn't realize I had found it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause it's not gory. It's not, um, you know, it's not graphically sexual or anything like that. But, you know, it it has enough of the uh, paranormal and enough of the creep and enough of that side of things that people can get into it and really like it. Um, And so, but I, you know, I just didn't realize what I had at the time.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, so when it comes to horror, that's that's actually like a a great segue to this, to this question. What, you know, like um, what sort of what sort of horror would it be it wouldn't be like would it be like lovecraftian or would it be um would it be you know something more you know human-based like what's the what is it that really kind of scares you what is it about you know like what can you do like to write something that would scare people like that's something that i really find admirable being able to do that
1: yeah and it and it varies too because you know what May scare me. May make someone else laugh. You know. Yeah. Um, horror is such a, a a tough one to work with at times. Yeah, you know, it's um, a real
0: tightrope element to it.
1: Yeah, and you could nail it, and other times you can completely miss it. So, like for the first three books I released under my name, the first book it's called The Dark Sacrifice, mm-hmm. and um, it's definitely more of kind of got a demonic element to it. Um, you know, more of the paranormal side to it. Where, right. you know, there's these dark forces working on the other side that, that, um, you know, this cop is trying to prevent from killing his son. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have, there's that side to it. So book two, or not book two, but my second book I released, it's called Soul Eyes. Mm-hmm. And in th- that particular book, that one really creeped me out to write it. Like I had to stop several times writing it myself because it bothered me yeah. and in that particular book. Um, it's not paranormal but it is a serial killer who decides that um, the soul resides within the eyeballs. And so they want to kill. Uh, they want, they want to remove the eyes of their victim while they're still alive to preserve that soul and wow. preserve their own souls in the process. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> That's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I hate, I hate people. You know, I hate things getting near my eyes that really just, Oh uh, yeah. Out. Um, and so to have somebody use this old rusty blade to cut out an eyeball while someone's still alive yeah, yeah see exactly and so oh, man i um I gave a few people uh like some of my early readers um, other authors I induce nightmares in them with that book really yeah um,
0: oh man you know what it kind of reminds me of it kind of it and this is this is definitely a shout out to. Um, previous guest, um, since you mentioned Tales from the Crypt before, I had uh, producer Gilbert Adler on, on my show a few months ago. Nice. And it was just a fabulous, fabulous episode. Um, and, you know, he's somebody that um, I've, al- I've always admired. And it was just like just a great opportunity to really kind of speak with him and really get to know him. But I, that just reminds me of the Tales from the Crypt episode called Abracadabra with um bow bridges he's like a you know retiring doctor and everything he's claims that he's perfected this serum that can keep someone's consciousness alive um but yet they and you know can still see and hear everything that goes on while they're dead
1: yeah
0: yeah and it's and it was it's very much like that like and he injects his brother with it and he um and so like everything is just from the point of view of his brother. And he is just, you know, just watching his, uh, watching his own autopsy basically like, you know, f- unfold. And then finally, like he suddenly just is able to like sit up and it turns out it was all just like a trick that his mm-hmm. brother was playing on him because everything there is fake. Um, and he kept on saying over and over again that the, uh, the sense of touch, you know, the feeling and everything, that's the first thing to go in this formula. So everything else is gonna be just like completely numb. And the reason why he couldn't feel is because he wasn't actually doing it. He was just messing with his head. Right. Um, but it winds he winds up having a heart attack and then his brother actually injects the formula into him. And it turns out that it worked but the sense of feeling isn't the first thing to go it's the last so (laughs) so like when when you were talking about that it was just like just dealing with someone you know basically like going after someone's eye while they're still alive like that's immediately where my head was going so it was just like that's that is definitely that's some definitely creepy stuff right there
1: (laughs) yeah and and, you know and and for me it like that kind of um, bodily horror like that that kind of you know that creeps me out a little bit you know like Cronenberg my, yeah and in, in the the um the third book I released was by far the goriest one and, and for a moment I actually unpublished it just because I was like I don't I don't know this I don't feel like this represents me very well but wow um, it was it's called um uh Useless Creatures and it's nice. it a great title yeah uh, uh, that actually came from from my wife as we were talking about mosquitoes one time but <laughs> <laughs> great yeah. but so these are it's uh, two college girls in in Cleveland and um both their parents get kidnapped um uh, one's mom and the other one's dad gets kidnapped and then they they're forced to do a series of horrific um events based on horrific um killings based on the seven deadly sins oh um, nice But it got really brutal, really gory. And Mm -hmm. of those three books is by far the least received of my my Mm -hmm. horror readers. And so as I'm looking at all three of those and trying to determine, you know, what I'm more comfortable writing in the horror vein, what's um, exciting to me, but what's also going to be interesting to my readers, that first book, you know, the one that I thought wasn't as scary, but it has a little bit of the paranormal edge to it. That's kind of what uh, I think I write good at. And I think my readers, um, it um, resonates with them better. Yeah. So this fourth one, uh, it's called, the the one I haven't released yet, it's called Dream Wraith. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely more in that vein. And I think it's got a great feel to it. And I'm yeah. excited to get that out uh, sometime next year. Awesome.
0: That's so cool. That is so cool. So uh, say there is a, a listener out there who wants to get into this, get into this wonderful world of writing uh, whether it's going in sci-fi, going in horror, going in fantasy, going in general fiction, whatever genre they are really for uh, focused on uh, what kind of, um, what kind of advice would you have for them who are, for those who are just getting into this?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, for one, you know, um, just write, you know, just write, don't worry about genre, don't worry about if you're hitting the right tropes, don't worry about anything else, just start putting the words out, you know, start Mm -hmm. um, seeing where your mind takes you, because you can find out early on if, like, you just feel like this isn't for you, you know, and it's, it feels more like a chore than it does something you enjoy, Mm -hmm. but you can also discover, like, what you really like to write. You can discover the things that interest you, the things that will intrigue you and keep you going. But just yeah. write, whether it's just a few words a day, whether it's a thousand words a day, whatever it is, just do what you can, and do mm-hmm. it when you can and, yeah. and just start that way. You know, you can't edit or clean up anything you haven't written. So you have to at least, you have to start somewhere.
0: Amen to that. That's something yeah. I always say to people whenever they, they try National Novel Writing Month. Is that uh, the one thing you will not do, and you better not do this? Is hit publish on KDP on December first. <laughs> you do not do that. You're you have you have created the basement. You have created the foundation of this house that's going to be your book. Um, so you're a long way from picking out the drapes. So yep. uh, so that's that's something I always make a point to to think about and and tell other people. And so when it gets to, so those of, you know, those of you out there, you know, like remember to, you know, just like what Jason said, start writing and see where it takes you. And last year it took you to the USA Today bestseller list. Tell us a (laughs) little bit about that.
1: So I kind of, I kind of fell into the project, honestly. Um, So I had um, my fantasy series. Mm-hmm. um it's the, the first book was called the bloodstone uh the second book is dragon's blood and this year i released a uh, bone of the griffin nice. uh, but last year i had just the first two books out but i had written a prequel short story as kind of a reader magnet mm-hmm. and it was about five or six thousand words and i i liked it um and i knew there was a lot more to it and so yeah. i i remember eating dinner one night and Got a message from uh, another author, uh, Miran Hogan. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because we had worked on projects before and they had a team for this box set. Nice. And they uh, recently had some problems with somebody in the set and they had to mutually part ways, which meant they had a slot left open. Oh. And she was like, hey, I thought of you. She's like, I know we had, you know, I know the quality of your work and I know, you know, we work together. She's like, what do you think? It took me like two seconds to agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll jump on board. You know, yeah. um, Courtney Courtney Cannon was another one of the authors.
0: Excellent. Um, Excellent.
1: Yeah, so I knew I I recognized several of the names, and I was like, all right, well, these guys aren't playing around. You know, I was like, I yeah. I can do this. And so she was like, the thing is, you need to have a book that's at least thirty thousand words. That oh. To be part of this collection, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. as it happens, I have this short story. know it was a it was a fantasy collection a sci-fi and fantasy collection um called rogue skies it was what they had their project was yeah um and so i was like well i have the story and i was like i can certainly bring it up to to speed i was like there was a lot i wanted to do with it um Mm -hmm. and i had less than a month to get them that draft of it whoa yeah because it was so late in the game and i was like yeah no pressure yeah (laughs) Um, i was like cool let's do this i'm in and so that was it you know Um, I got to join the group, Uh, we were we got separated into uh, specific um, categories, like I was part of the ads team, there was Mm -hmm. somebody as part of another team. And, um, you know, so we kind of broke us all up, there was about 24 or 25 of us um, working together on this. And so um, I finished my book, uh, submitted it, it, got a cover for it. I was like, you know, if, if we don't make this list, at least I have a really nice prequel lead magnet now, you know, yeah. that I can use. And um, so I was like, I'm not going to be out anything if, I, if that happens. So I joined the team. This was in July, June, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just daily, we we're always, we we're all in contact with one another. We we're pushing it, uh, pushing it for pre-order. Yep. Um, so to get, to hit the USA Today bestseller list, you have to have at least 500 copies sold in the US on yep. a non-Amazon market, um, nice. you know, like um, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, Kobo, but it has mm-hmm. to be in the US, Yeah. At, at least 500 in one of those. And then for Amazon, um, I don't think there's a set number, but it just depends on the other books that are released that week. Uh, and so we were yeah. shooting for over four thousand on Amazon. Nice, um, as you know. And so you, you just push a pre-order like crazy, and all of us mm-hmm. were doing that with our lists, with yeah, our readers, with our the various groups we're a part of, um, family, friends, you name it. You know, so mm-hmm. we we started doing that, um, or they'd already been doing it. So I jumped on board, and we started. I uh, really kind of pushing the set, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it got closer. We were getting reports weekly, actually probably every other day of where we were at as it was getting closer and closer to our nice. release date. And then uh, mm-hmm. we, we knew we, we'd hit, um, I think we were close to Barnes and Noble by the time mm-hmm. it went live. Cause once the book goes live, you have like close to um, it, it goes up to that Sunday. I think it is. So, yeah they tally everything up until like Sunday night. And so we were really pushing for, to get our, our Barnes and Noble. We did that. We got our um, Apple books. We hit that one. Excellent. Uh, I think we even hit Kobo if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, yeah. We got, we, and then with Amazon, we sold over 4,000 copies of, nice. of the, the yep. box set mm-hmm. on there. And so they tallied up. And then you have to wait for like three days. Like uh, there's no
0: longest you know, three days ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so we knew it would, we would find out on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I remember going into work that morning and I stopped at the store and I picked up a chocolate cake and I was like, this is either be gonna, this is either going to be a consolation cake or a celebration cake. <laughs> like that's, either a, way, that's a
0: great way to do it. A consolation yeah.
1: or a celebration. Yeah. Either way I'm having cake today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. we we wait and it was around 11 o'clock is when they finally get them posted yeah and uh you know you, you look on the usa today website and there it was man like we were number 104 nice uh, 50 yeah that's and, great and you see your name listed on there like they list all yeah. of our last names on there because there's so many of us right and i was like i can't believe it just freaking yeah. out, you know and like we were all just just that whole day, was just nothing but craziness through, through the messaging and all of that stuff. You know, everyone was yeah. just so, so pumped because it was such a big effort to get to that point, you know? And right. So now all of us, uh, that were mm-hmm. part of that. I can't yeah. use it on my horror name because Jay wasn't part of this. Um, right. But anything since then with my name, I can put USA Today best selling author, Jason J. Nugent. And it's And you so, have, you know, yeah, if, oh, I, if yeah. I'm not
0: mistaken, you've gone back and just like started uh, started making sure that uh, that you got the those wonderful letters added to each title and you know, absolutely go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the coolest thing to to be able to see that on there. You know, and it's um and I had somebody ask me this earlier, like, well has it helped you sell a lot of books? Um so and I had to think about it because from when that came out in September mm-hmm. to, to now, like I've not really released anything under my name. Yeah. You know, I've been writing some stuff, but I'm not really releasing anything. I released uh, the, my third fantasy novel, mm-hmm. but that was it. And I'm like, well, no, it hasn't really helped me sell it, but I've also not released anything, you know? Right. Um. So, but it, what it does, it has opened up so many doors for me, uh, so really? many opportunities where I am be able to talk to different people and, you know, nice. if I say, Hey, I'm a USATA bestselling author, like, they'll listen to me, you know, yeah. I may not have yeah. anything to say, but they'll listen to me. Yeah. Because I have those letters at, in at my name now. And so it's like, Oh, okay, well, obviously, you've done something mm-hmm. that you can claim that. So what do you have to say, you know, and so it has opened doors for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, as I start to get these books out, and I've been building up my team and building up my readership. Um, yeah, It's all going to It's just all going to help.
0: So, what advice would you have for someone who wants to kind of put a put an anthology like that together and try to make a run at those at those letters? Because I know there are some people that are really kind of down on that whole process by saying, you know, they they think that you know, like you're just buying your way on the list, which I don't think is the case at all. Um, Because you know, basically, you're going through you're going through a rigorous, you know, screening process with everything. You want, you know, like you're creating something that, that, uh, that's going to be going up along with, you know, so many, so many familiar names in the, in the genre that you're writing in. So it's got to at least, you know, be comparable to that. Um, So what would, what would you, what kind of advice would you have for someone wanting to try that themselves?
1: Yeah. And and I've seen, I've seen this happen in different ways, you know, like the multi-author box sets, like I was part of is is a fairly common way for indie authors to get their name on on the list because mm-hmm. it's it takes a lot of hard work like it mm-hmm. took money I, I mean i'm not gonna lie that you know there was a buy-in for everybody i didn't have to pay most of that because i came in so late to it yeah um you know because you have to do all these promos you have to do this and that and the different things that we were offering um
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah there certainly is that i mean what publisher out there isn't doing that for their client, you know, to, to hit these lists, Yeah. you know, like, you know, JK Rowling's publisher or Stephen King's publisher, they're all spending the money to get their mm-hmm. clients on these lists.
0: Absolutely. Um, you yeah.
1: know, there, there's, there's that side of it, but there's a hell of a lot of hard work to get there, man. For one, mm-hmm. you got to write a book. I mean, you, you right. got to write, you have to have something to be able to sell. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, you got to hustle like crazy To the point where it's like you almost feel like you're you're annoying everybody, but Mm -hmm. if that's kind of what you have to do sometimes is like I have something that I think is valuable to you, Um, you know. Please Mm -hmm. check it out. It's only going to cost you a buck. You know, um, you have to hustle, and it wasn't like it just happened. You know, getting those numbers like on on um, Barnes and Noble and Apple Books. Those don't just happen, man. You really have to push those because there's there's very few people reading on those platforms, right? And and to get them to um, commit a dollar to your cause is really difficult. You know, those we'll spend five, six, seven dollars on coffee or something that's going to be gone in you know a matter of moments. But to get someone to spend a dollar to get twenty-five full-length novels that are going to stick around and
0: that they're going to stick around on that Kindle for a long time.
1: (laughs) That's hard to do. And so you have to hustle, man. You have to work hard at it. It doesn't just happen. Um, yeah. But then there are other authors who I've seen that have such a big following. that mm-hmm. they can hit these lists without any of that kind of stuff, and they're not, yeah. even, they're not even trying, you know, yeah. and that's, that's awesome. I, I'd love to get to that point where I can hit the list again. And I, it was through just uh, my readers, you know, through the people that have discovered me one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's there's various ways to get there um you know you're not you're not buying your way onto the list i can see where someone would say that because yeah people have to put in money to it i've been in parts of a group before that's why mirin knew me um we were in a group before and there was no buy-in at all Mm -hmm. and there's a different feel to a group like that because if you don't if you've not risked something you know, it's going to reward. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the amount of work that everyone's going to put into it, it, wasn't anywhere near as much, but when you have something where you have financially put in some money into the pot, mm-hmm. you're going to want to recoup that in some way, you know, you're yeah. going to work hard to make sure that you just didn't throw that money away.
0: Right. It's uh, like a feeling of ownership.
1: Yeah. And, and I think more than anything, that is what was the big difference on that. And then the group itself, you know, like I said, um you know Mirren was one of them um Courtney Cannon was another one of the authors uh, mm-hmm. Nadine Travers um God Tracy Corn. it was just a whole this whole group of, of authors it was it was a lot of fun and they you know they worked hard to get it to where and we still all of us still talk you know we still will share messages once in a while and and even talk about sharing tables at PenCon and things like that excellent yeah.
0: that's great that's great. And speaking of, uh, speaking of where, you know, people can find you, where can they find you on social media?
1: Well, my website is jasonjnugent.com. Um, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Jason J. writes, uh, Twitter it's at re. Um, and Liloken is a name I've used for years for gaming, but it's also the main character of my fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Um, And read R-I, that's old uh, Irish for king. So, uh, at can re And um, yeah, you can find me in all those places.
0: Fabulous. I really hope that all of you who are getting into National Novel Writing Month, who are still working on all of your projects, who are even just getting involved in writing in general, I hope you've t- been able to take a lot from this because Jason is the perfect example of someone who is following his passions, seeing them through and not limiting himself to one specific direction. He is concent- concentrating on all different directions. He's taking opportunities where they come. And like we said, you know, like there's no risk, no reward. Like, he has put in the work and he's definitely reaping the benefits. And I hope that all of you Go ahead and do the same with your own passions. Put in that work, take those risks, reap those benefits when they come. So for Jason Nugent, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward. And I will see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash excelsiorjourneys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com/excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.